This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie and helping Christians stay informed about government. This puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Republicans once again betrayed their constituents. Republicans once again betray their constituents. That's what we'll be discussing on the show today. Good afternoon, everyone. You're listening to Exposing Washington with your host, Walker Wildman, on the American Family Radio Network. For more information about today's show, you can always visit the World Wide Web, AFR.net, www.afr.net, and you can also download the podcast on your smart device. Don't know why they call them smart devices, uh, but on your your phone, basically, on your cell phone. If you have a uh, more modern cell phone, you can download the podcast on your cell phone via the App Store. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at Walker Wildman on Twitter. Get most of my thoughts out there on Twitter. I get most of my thoughts out there on Twitter even before the show. So if you want to know what's on my mind before the show, you visit my Twitter page at Walker Wildman. Lastly, many ways to connect to the show. Lastly, exposing Washington at AFR.net, exposing Washington at AFR.net. That's my email. I'll mention this second segment just in case you didn't get it all. Uh, but as I said to, to begin the show, Republicans once again betray their constituents. And I'm sure this week, if you've even glanced at the news, this week, uh, this really started developing midweek. And what I'm talking about is the budget that Congress just passed. And as of Friday uh, afternoon, President Trump had just signed this budget. Well, we talked about this back in mid-February. I did a whole show on why this budget is a bad budget. And so just to set things up for you, back in February, we talked about this, the same subject. And so back in February, Congress passed what is, in essence, terms of the agreement, uh, for lack of a better term. Terms of the agreement are like a blueprint. So back in February, Congress passed what we can call, let's just call it a blueprint for the budget. They wrote out everything they want to fund, everything they want to, you know, give money to. And then they agreed to it and passed it. And so that set up what just passed yesterday what just passed on and was signed by President Trump on Friday. So this is a familiar topic to you, you any of you who have listened to the show in weeks past. But th- this bill is, is even more egregious than, than it was back in February. And it was pretty darn bad back in February. But it's even worse now. Imagine that. So I'm going to play a clip. Uh, this is Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio, I believe he is. And he's going to explain in about uh, 45 seconds why this is a bad bill. Let's listen. 
It's not even close to what we told the American people we were going to do. So it's not just conservatives who don't like this bill. The American people, when they find out what's in it, and that's going to take a while because we just got it 12 hours ago, and we're going to vote on it here in a few hours, and it's 2,200 pages that funds sanctuary cities, funds Planned Parenthood, restricts Second Amendment liberties, and grows the government at a $1.3 trillion price tag on this legislation, which will lead to a trillion-dollar deficit. Now, I don't think the American people said, oh, let's put Republicans in control of Congress to do a bill like this. This is this may be the worst bill I have seen in my time in Congress, the worst bill our leadership's ever allowed to come to the floor. Well, there you have it. And to break down Representative Jordan's statement, let's take the first thing he said. The first thing he said that stood out to me is this. They had no time to read the bill. Our representatives had no time to read the bill. And when I say had no time, I mean quite literally had no time to read the bill. To be specific, on Wednesday night at 8.19 p.m. East Coast time, Republicans in Congress in the House of Representatives presented the bill, what is the now the budget bill. They presented it at 8.19 p.m. on Wednesday night. 2,233 pages. Over 2,000 pages. And they voted on it at lunchtime on Thursday. They voted on the bill at lunchtime on Thursday. So if you add that up and do the math, I believe I'm right, that they had under 1,000 minutes to read over 2,000 pages. So that's averaging a little over two pages per minute. And if you've read bills out of Congress, it's very, very wonkish. It's very complicated. So there's no way that our members of Congress read all 2,200 plus page bill, pages of this bill. There is no way. And I would even go as far to say that their staff members didn't read it. So we're passing legislation that we don't even read. Passing legislation that we don't even read. That's the most egregious thing. Uh, well, <laughs> Not really. It's not the most egregious thing, but it's one of the most egregious things about the legislation. They presented it late, rammed it through, voted on it under 12 hours later. Nobody got to read the bill. Read the bill. Some people maybe read the bill, but not many. All right. Not many. What else is in the bill? Well, uh, let's see. <clears throat> the, uh, the, the, the Republican establishment is going to they're going to tell you and they're going to claim that there was border wall money in the bill. Well, I'm here to tell you that's a flat-out lie. There was not one penny of border wall money in the bill. There was about 33 miles of border fencing, border fencing in the bill. But there was not one mile of border wall in the bill. And the reason that's important is President Trump has campaigned on and promised a physical border wall, meaning a concrete or steel barrier, a wall, literally a wall. Well, what did, what, did, what did he get out of this? He got 33 miles of fencing. 33 miles of fencing. That is absolutely absurd. Here's some other things in the bill. Uh, $600 million for a new high-speed new high broadband development. I didn't know that the federal government was now into high-speed Internet. 
Well, they are $600 million to develop high-speed broadband Internet. So the federal government has somehow become a private company funding uh, their own investment projects. Uh, Another thing that's in the bill is this uh, background check system, this National Instant Criminal Background Check System. Well, what is that? It's basically a gun uh, gun control legislation is what it is. It's gun control legislation. And the reason I say that is it incentivizes states to keep their criminal background system uh, up to date, to enter their criminal background uh, information into the FBI system and keep it up to date. And it pays them to do that. It incentivizes them to do that. My question is, why don't we have to pay states and bribe states to do what they should already be doing? States should already be keeping the criminal background check system up to date voluntarily. You should not have to subsidize and bribe the states to do what they should already do and do what is already law. The last and most egregious thing of the bill is that Congress gave itself a bonus. And many people aren't talking about this. Congress gave itself a bonus. The Senate increased its budget by $48 million (laughs) and their salaries by $12 million. The Senate increased its budget by $48 million and their salaries by $12 million. Meanwhile, they're not doing anything good up there. And I say, I keep saying the most egregious part of the bill, but let's just put it this way. The whole thing's rotten, rotten to the core. And the last thing that, that is awful, that is also egregious, is it continues to fund Planned Parenthood. It continues to fund Planned Parenthood. So many bad things in the bill, many bad things in the bill. I post all these news articles on my podcast page at AFR.net. But to move on, the, the whole system is broken up there. The whole system in Washington is broken. And here's why. They're supposed to, to, to pass 12 appropriation bills. The House is supposed to pass 12 appropriation bills each year. The Senate is also supposed to pass 12. And then they put those together, send it to the president in 12 separate bills, and the president signs each twelve, each of the 12 bills separately. Well, because the swamp loves these pet projects and wasting our tax dollars, here's what they do. Instead of going through what is called regular order and responsibly passing all 12 bills, they, they cram all these 12 bills into one bill, then they pass it and send it to the president's desk and say, you must sign this. You must sign this because, Mr. President, it has military funding in it. It has military funding in it. So you must sign this bill. And so they hold everybody hostage because they like to fund their corrupt practices. They like to fund their special interests. So they, put, they pass these jumbo bills and nobody knows what's in it. And then the president signs it. But I'm here to tell you that this is absolutely, utterly ridiculous. Now, will we see any change happen? Probably not. But I'm still going to complain about it anyways. Because I'm not going to sit by and shrug my shoulders and go, well, it's just Washington being Washington. You know, we can't do anything about it. Uh, Because I'm sick and tired of it. And look, we may not be able to do anything about it. I hate to be so pessimistic, 
But we send President Trump up there to Washington to shake things up. We have the whole Tea Party movement the last eight years, and they're still corrupt. They have not learned their lesson. So can we do something about it as voters? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. It's going to take a long time. But right now, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. You and me and everyone else in America, we continually send conservatives to Washington, and they cave. They fold like a cheap suit. They're a bunch of cowards and liars. They campaign on one thing and do another. And so can we fix it, the American people? I don't know. We can give it a shot. But in the meantime, I'm going to keep complaining about it because it is a problem. We'll be back in a few minutes to continue talking about this budget recently passed. For centuries, the Bible has inspired humanity and shaped the very world we live in. But how do we know this book is the Word of God and not merely the words of men? What we believe about the Bible is based on what we believe about its source. The God Who Speaks explores the evidence of the Bible's inspiration and authority through some of the world's most respected biblical scholars. We have essentially a dual authorship. So it's true to say that Paul wrote Romans. It's equally true to say that God wrote Romans. He says, we saw this. And that sets the Bible apart from almost everything else in the ancient world and its religious pantheon of gods and goddesses. The God Who Speaks is a feature-length documentary from the American Family Association. Available now at thegodwhospeaks.org. Rescue the weak and needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Corner. According to former United Nations senior official Andrew McLeod, UN aid workers have raped over 60,000 people, and it employs 3,300 pedophiles. He explained that predatory sex abusers specifically target aid charity jobs to get close to vulnerable women and children. And the U.N. has gone to great lengths to cover it all up. These predators roam freely all over the world wearing UNICEF T-shirts. Will the Me Too movement stand up for these victims? Listen to The Hamilton Corner weekdays from 5 to 6 p.m. Central on AFR. For more from Abraham Hamilton III, Public Policy Analyst for the American Family Association. Welcome back to Exposing Washington on American Family Radio. Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky joins us now. Senator, we asked uh, over a dozen Republicans who voted for this to come on. None would do it. Um, The people who wrote this, were they here for the 2016 election? You know, I'm kind of old school. I think you ought to read the bills, you know, before we vote on them. This is a 2,200-page bill. We got it last night at midnight. I've been working all day diligently through the bill, and I'm up to page 600. But, you know, I've still got quite a bit of ways to go to read the bill. As far as the content of the bill, this could have been written by President Obama and liberal Democrats. When I ran in 2010, when we had that Tea Party tidal wave, we were opposed to President Obama's spending, and we were opposed to President Obama's trillion-dollar deficits. This bill will give us a trillion-dollar deficit this year. 
Well, that was Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky. And just so you know, I mean, last week I criticized Senator Rand Paul. So I'm not a cheerleader for Senator Rand Paul at all times. But on many things, he is right. On many things, he is right. And on this, he is right. He said, this is a no good bill. I haven't even had time to read it. I'm only on page 600 out of 2200. And when I was playing that clip, I wish you could be in the studio because I'm laughing. I'm silently laughing because I can't do anything but laugh because I want to throw stuff. This is so bad. This is so bad, but I have to laugh so I don't get mad. But we will move on. This is from Senator Rand Paul uh, on his Twitter page. He he live tweet uh, tweeted. Uh, he tweeted live, if that's the proper Senate structure, his reading of the 2,200 pages of the bill. So what that means basically is he would read, you know, 20, 30, 40 pages, and then he would put out a statement and, and you know, critique it. And so he did this for hours on, on, on end. And he ordered pizza, stayed in his office. I mean, it was, it was very remarkable. So Senator Rand Paul puts this out. This was, this was Thursday morning. This was Thursday morning. And he says, FYI. The 2,200-plus page budget-busting omnibus has been printing for two hours in my office, and it's still not done. He's been printing the bill for two hours in his office, and it's still not done. I don't know how long it took, probably three or four hours. Um, And another statement, uh, another thing on Twitter, this is from Chad Pergram with Fox News, and he was hanging around the Capitol on Wednesday night when they released this bill. So let's see. He put this out, Chad Pergam put this out at 8.39 p.m. Eastern. The bill was released exactly 20 minutes before that. But here's what they were doing. The Republicans in Congress, specifically the House Majority Whip, Steve Scalise, was running around 20 minutes after they released this bill, not even 20 minutes, this 2,200-page bill, and he was running around trying to figure out who was going to vote for it. He was trying to whip the votes. That's why they call him the Senate, uh, the House Majority Whip. He, he, he metaphorically whips people into place. He gets them to vote for it. He's the lobbyer in Congress. And so, so setting that up, here, here's what Chad Pergram of Fox News tweeted out. Quote, when they whipped me, I asked, what are you whipping me on? Question mark. <laughs> asked Representative Barry Laudermilk of Georgia. Quote, you're whipping me 30 minutes after giving me a 2,200-page bill. Laudermark remarked, Laudermilk, sorry, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, remarked that he's not, quote, Superman and can't parse the legislation that fast. So the Republicans are running around going, who's going to vote for it? Who's going to vote for it? Even though you had 15 minutes to read it, over 2,000 pages, but who's going to vote for it? Oh, my gosh. It's, this is absolutely absurd. These people are jokes. These people are jokes. I think... Uh, I think somebody compared it. Oh, I know who who said this, and I, I'll read this in a minute. But first, this is Senator John Kennedy. Uh, this is according to Breitbart.com. Senator John Kennedy, this is what he had to say about the bill. He said, quote, this is a Great Dane-sized, uh, I'm going to need to say, if you have kids listening, maybe, be, maybe you know, you may, you may not like this. Uh, it's not vulgar in a sense, but... 
uh, before I say it, uh, if you have kids around and you may want to cut the radio off, you can come back and listen later on the podcast. But here you go. Senator John Kennedy on the omnibus, he said, quote, this is a Great Dane-sized whiz down the leg of every taxpayer. This is a Great Dane-sized whiz down the leg of every taxpayer. That's Senator John Kennedy's response about it. And he, he went on to say, let's see, he said, I think this whole process stinks. I think this whole process stinks. And uh, anyways, he went on to criticize it. Very, very humorous criticism. I mean, he's being serious. He's, he's frustrated. But uh, I just find it remarkable that they continue pulling, excuse me, these shenanigans. Well, uh, let's, let's keep moving on. Um, <clears throat> so Senator Rand Paul tried to read through the bill. He got through about 600 pages. And he, he didn't even have time to finish reading it before they voted on it. So, of course, he voted no. Uh, other, other senators, thankfully, voted no on this, but it passed. It passed the Senate in the middle of the night. Imagine that. In the middle of the night on, uh, technically, it was on Friday early morning. The Senate passed it. President Trump signed it. But the, the important thing is that to know is that this was a backroom deal. The only people in the negotiations were was was Paul Ryan, Speaker Paul Ryan, Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, and Chuck Schumer. The four of them met in a room secretly and decided what's in the bill. So that's another you know corrupt aspect of this. But um, the the one of the most frustrating things is that they they the Republicans continue to act like they're somehow on this mission to fix this problem. Every time they pass one of these horrible, no good budgets, they say, well, 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 we, we know we know the system doesn't work. The system's broken. But look, 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 wait, just let us pass this. We're going to fix it. We're going to get around to it. Just let us pass this. But they never get around to it. And so to prove that they never get around to it, but they yet they continue to act like they are, Paul Ryan put out a statement right after they released the bill. And he said, no bill of this size is perfect. Well, duh. That's, this, this is insulting to one's intellect. No bill of this size is perfect. Thank you for stating the obvious, obvious, Speaker Ryan. And he goes on to say, and we must reform our broken budget process to return to a regular appropriations process. Well, that just sounds so righteous. Speaker Ryan, on the job, going to get things fixed. Except for he puts out the same statement every six months. He's been in speakership for over two years Saying, we're, you know, we're going to fix the problems here. We're going to fix the budget. We're going to get things worked out. Just trust me. Let's just pass this budget. We'll get, we'll get around to fixing this. But they never do it. I would want to bet you, I would want to bet you that his staff probably copies and paste, copies and paste are, uh, uh, the same statement every time. They probably copy and paste. I think it's singular. I think it, they, they copy and paste the same statement every time. Look, we know it's broken, but we're going to fix it. We know it's broken, we're going to fix it. But you never fix it. You never fix it. We will we will be we will cross this bridge again, my friends. And we've done it a dozen times. We will cross this bridge again in 6 months. They'll come back with the same shenanigans, some massive spending bill, and they'll put out the same press statements, same talking points, and they're just a bunch of liars and crooks. 
They're just a bunch of liars and crooks. And you say, well, Walker, that's mighty tough. Christians don't name call, do they? Well, I'm a Christian and I'm name calling because it's true. I think it's appropriate to apply labels to people if the label is accurate. If someone is a liar, then you call them a liar. Don't falsely accuse people of things, but they're liars. And to further my argument, and I'm going to call them liars until the day they start telling the truth. Paul Ryan, this is a news story. Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell back in 2017, they promised, they were at a press conference and they were asked, you know, what about the border wall? Are you going to fund it? They said, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to fund it. We're going to put about between 12 and $15 billion for the border wall. You know, we're going to cross that bridge. Just trust us. We're going to take care of this because don't we always keep our word? I'm paraphrasing here. So back in 2017, they're going to say, yeah, we're going to fund the wall. About $15 billion of it. Well, guess how much they funded this time? Zero. Zero. And they've had multiple times to do it. So this, this is a national disgrace. This is a, a disgrace to our country. And I know if you're like me, you're tired of hearing about it. I mean, I'm tired of talking about this. This is an ongoing problem that seems to never be fixed. And if you start getting discouraged, I honestly don't blame you. I mean, I think I heard somebody say the other day, what's the point in sending Republicans to Washington if they're going to do the same thing as the Democrats? A fellow I talked to last night at one of my church get-togethers, he said, this is like we might as well have Democrats running the country because they pass everything like Democrats. So it's really a disgrace and it's really discouraging. And I think in 2018 that uh, that that folks are going to remember this and it has, they're not going to remember it for the best. They're going to remember it. Uh, not, it's not going to be a fond memory, let me just say that, in the minds of the American people. But nonetheless, the American Family Association put a lot of pressure on President Trump to veto this bill. We put tremendous pressure on President Trump within the last 48 hours to veto this bill. And to our surprise, Friday morning, President Trump tweets out, I'm considering vetoing this bill. I'm considering vetoing this bill, basically because it's a bad bill. So I think our pressure did have a certain uh, effect. So President Trump comes out Friday and says, look, I'm thinking about vetoing the bill. The day before, he said, I'm going to sign it. So obviously, President Trump is battling kind of within himself on whether he should sign the bill or not. And turns out he ends up signing the bill about lunchtime on Friday. But had the American Family Association and other conservative groups not put pressure on President Trump, he would have signed this bill no problem and probably would have bragged about how good it was. Um, but, but President Trump said when, when having a press conference on Friday afternoon, look, I'm going to sign the bill as a matter of national security, military funding, but I'm not going to do it again. He said, I'm not going to do it again. And I think it's shameful that he signed this period and the, the Republicans passed it in Congress, but he, he, President Trump signed it. He said, I'm not going to do it again. Will he do it again? We're going to find out in about six months. Will he do it again? And if he signs another one of these awful budgets, I'm going to come on here and I'm going to criticize him and all the other Republicans in Washington who continue to break their promises. All right, folks, it's been a good show. A lot of content, a lot of information. We'll be back next week covering more 
on exposing Washington.